Hello and welcome to a special emergency edition of the Posting Up podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, National NBA writer for the Washington Post. And I'm very pleased to be joined by my good friend from ESPN, who does an excellent job covering the Chicago Bulls, Nick Friedel. Uh, it's an emergency podcast because the Bulls are in a state of emergency, and we need to figure out what the heck is happening with what was supposed to be one of the best NBA teams in the league this year, and now is losing to the Nets and is having its best player call out its coach, and things are all over the place. So, Nick, how are you? <laughs> How many bad things could be happening at once, Timmy? Well, listen, man. As somebody, as somebody who spent the last three years covering the Brooklyn Nets, I know all about uh, chaos in December. This is my specialty, and the Bulls are trying to match the Nets of each of the last three years in Christmas chaos. Yeah, you you lose to the Nets at home after what's happened. In Nets the on last a back to back, Nick. So. Nets on a back to back. Oh, oh! After they they come in losing five in a row, it oh. Tim, you've been around this team enough in the last couple of years, and I know I just saw you a couple of weeks ago. Things aren't good, and they haven't been good for a while. This group has been struggling with a lot of issues dating back to last season, and I know we'll dive into them here, but I think it starts, at least in my mind, with Derrick Rose because everything with this group always seems to start with Derrick. And the reality is, he's just not very good right now. No, and that, that we have to player. we have to start with Derrick Rose. Now the numbers the numbers say everything you need to know. Derrick Rose is not the same player he used to be, and he's really not close. So, look, he because he's from Chicago, he was the number one pick. He was the MVP. There was so much uh, focus on his injuries and everything that was going on with his recovery um, in both. Uh, you know the 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 two seasons he basically missed entirely with knee injuries. You know he was even though he wasn't on the court, he was still the focal point of the franchise. Um, what what is it like now with him as basically a glorified uh, decoy to Jimmy Butler on the team? Um, what what is that what is that uh, situation like? And and what what where does where is his place in the city and with the team at the moment? Uh, let's start with the city because five years ago, Tim. Derrick Rose could do no wrong in this city. He was uh, the local kid who had done not just good, but had done great. Youngest MVP in league history. He was the most beloved athlete in the city, and it wasn't even that close to me. Uh, Now, all of a sudden, uh, right now where he's at, fans just sit there and they don't know, they don't know, what to believe. I think so many people have turned on Derek and, and he's admitted that he's kind of numb to it all. But the reality is, uh, you know, they, I say fans don't know what to believe the, the sad truth for the bulls and for everybody who has followed this team for a long time is that there's no evidence to show that Derek's going to be anywhere near what he once was. And that's the problem. And, and there are a host of issues with this roster and there's a, a, a bunch of, issues in the locker room and the adjustment to Fred Hoiberg, that's all well and good. But if we're really being honest here, the the Bulls' problems, you can trace it all the way back to that day Derek got hurt in April 2012 in the first game of the playoffs. They haven't been right since. Derek hasn't shown to be the same player. And, and Tim, now they've got another year to wait left on his deal. So uh, as far as within the city goes, 
uh, Derek isn't close to uh, where he was. As far as the team goes, uh, Derek is kind of, he's always kind of been more of a loner. Uh, he, he's, he's always been respected because of his work ethic. And this goes back to uh, before he got hurt, then he got hurt and they saw him spending all that time trying to get his body and his mind right and back in the same place. I think part of the issue for, for present day with this group is Derek still believes he's the same player and he hasn't shown to be that player. And now Jimmy signs this, Jimmy Butler signs this new deal for 90 plus million dollars. And everybody is telling him, Jimmy, you've got to be more vocal. You've got to assert yourself. You've got to be the guy. And that means that he's got to, to kind of uh, supplant Derek as the face of the franchise. And it's just, it's been a struggle. I, I know you and I have talked about it in the past. I don't think that the, the tension between Jimmy and Derek was ever as bad as it was made out to be. But the, the, the tension now moving forward off the, the Derek topic for a second between Jimmy and other players in our locker room is bad. Because you can't just say, all right, I signed this new deal, I'm the leader. That that respect has to be earned over time. And nobody's questioning Jimmy's work ethic. He has worked tail off. Uh, but they are questioning whether Jimmy can be the leader that this group needs uh, with so much turmoil going on around them. Well, let's, let's get back to Jimmy in a second. But he, let's get right to the heart of it, Nick. Do they need to trade Derrick Rose, yes or no? Well, who are they getting back for him? I, whatever. What, what they, do they, they do they need? Back? Well, here's the thing. Do they need to move to for this team to move forward? Does Derrick Rose need to go somewhere else? And is it best for Derrick Rose and the Bulls if he's somewhere else? No, I I don't think I don't think it's that desperate of a situation where he has to leave. I think it would be better for both parties right now, the Bulls and for Derrick, if he did. Uh, I still think the Bulls uh, can can succeed with Derek in the sense that I think they can win games. But this relationship between the organization and between Derek is just kind of, it's just soured and it's kind of just gotten worse over time because Derek isn't the same player. And, and that's, that's a serious, serious problem. And that's not something that is correctable for me at this point. So, uh, I guess in answering your question, would it make would a trade make sense? I, it wouldn't be the worst thing for this group, but I don't think. And, and this is the problem the Bulls front office has. I don't think they're going to get anything of value in return. And the last thing they want to do is take back bad contracts uh, that run for the next couple of years. So what if what if they what if they trade Derrick Rose for Joe Johnson? I, I don't. How many years does Joe have? Joe is an ex, Joe's an expiring contract. They would be getting out of Derek's contract. And you think that, that Brooklyn would make that deal happen? I think Brooklyn would do that deal today. I could be wrong about that. Mm. I could be wrong about that. But I think Brooklyn would do that deal. They need a point guard. They need a face of the franchise. And, you know, I could see it. I could see them saying, you know what? Derek needs a fresh start. Um, let, let's take a chance on this. Free agency is going to be a circus next year anyway. We need a point guard. Let's get, you know, he's only on a one-year deal at that point. Let's tr- get him for a year and a half and hope he's good. So let's just say that is hypothetical. The the Bulls get that, out of his contract and they have a, they yeah. save $20 million next year. Is that a trade that makes sense that, to you? That's intriguing, but I'd still tell you I don't think it would happen. Here's why. 
who in the hell is going to play point guard for the Bulls? The Nets will give and you Jared Jack too. You can have Jared Jack and you can have Jared Jack and Joe Johnson for Derrick Rose and uh, some filler I, salary wise. I wow. I, you know what? It's a it's a great question, but I still I don't see it right now, just because while the front office. Uh, well, I, right, I let's skip know. ahead then. So, but but you but you could let's say in the summer. Let's say in the do you, do you think it's more likely than not that he gets moved in the summer in some form that he's not on the team after this season is over? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I because I'm not I'm not willing to go out on the limb now and say all right they're going to move him at all costs. It's right. just going to be over. Right. Uh, I'm not going that far, but I think that the conversations that will happen in the summer will be very intriguing because I think that everybody involved here knows, and this is, this goes back to what I was touched on before. I think they know there's still hope, and they're holding on to small, small hope Tim, because they think that Derek can can be that guy uh, again, even if the numbers in the eye test say otherwise. So, you know what this feels like, Nick, I, to I me? I don't, I don't mean, mean to interrupt. Sure, but I think it's possible. I don't mean to interrupt. You know what this feels like to me? This feels like Darren Williams with the Nets. It feels like this is just a situation that, for both sides, neither side can move on until there's a parting of ways. And it's not, it's not the same animus that the Darren Williams-Nets situation had, but it just feels like it just feels like the Bulls are kind of stuck in stasis, kind of like you mentioned. Like the, this franchise just can't move forward with Derek around. It's like a giant millstone around everybody's neck because people think back to what he was and what he frankly doesn't look like he can get back to now. And I I just don't I don't see how there's a clean break and they can move forward with Jimmy Jimmy Butler as the face of the team with a new coach and Fred Hoiberg when Derrick Rose was so tied to Tom Thibodeau. And uh, and and that that whole regime is kind of going out the window. Now you have Joakim Noah is going to be free agent next year. We'll get to him in a second, but um, I don't know. It just it just feels like that. But let, let's move on though. Um, recently, the big thing that's come up is you know Jimmy Butler, who who doesn't seem to mind speaking his mind publicly, um, which we enjoy in the media. Um, Jimmy Jimmy the other day uh, basically said that Fred Hoiberg needs to be more like Tom Thibodeau, who. Bulls management did not get along with and ended up getting rid of and thought they were getting kind of the bowler opposite, I think it's fair to say, in Fred Hoiberg in a lot of ways. And, you know, uh, Jimmy comes out and says that Fred needs to coach him a lot harder and Fred's a nice guy but needs to, to get honest more and basically says he wants Tom to be the coach of the team. And, you know, the Bulls were supposed to have this free-flowing offense under Fred Hoiberg. The offense has been really bad, as you've written very eloquently about. Um, what is the what is the status of this team under Fred Hoiberg right now? And um, is there any is there any tension at all between Jimmy and and either Fred or the front office at this point? Yeah, the, uh, Tim, it's, a, it's an, an interesting dynamic right now because as, as far as Jimmy goes, is there tension with with Hoiberg in the front office? I, I think there would have to be a little bit right now because. How many times? It's not like a player hadn't called out a coach before. It just doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen that much. Uh, not when, not with a coach that's coached for twenty five games. That's for sure. Usually, it's when a coach is about right, to go. Right, right. And and as far you mentioned kids and so many people over the last few days are saying, "Oh, well, well, don't they want 
do, do they just want Tibbs back? And I can't stress this enough in talking to players, in talking to people within the organization. Yeah, they, everybody was done I, with Tibbs, right? It, the, the relationship was broken. I mean, that it was it was gone. And I've been told repeatedly, even recently, Tim, that Jimmy was one of those guys who was like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. And I think they have a, a nice relationship, Tom and Jimmy, now uh, after some time has passed. But uh, I think that the problem the Bulls are running into as a group right now, and this, this goes back to Hoiberg, they were conditioned and coached a certain way for five years. And then the front office brought in the polar opposite. Over the summer, uh, person after person uh, within the organization would say, this is the anti-Tibbs. This is the guy who has the balance in his life, and he's not going to yell and scream, and he's going to get the offense rolling. And it hasn't happened. And these guys, it's evident in the way that they play, and it's evident in talking to to plenty of people. They're, it's not clicking. Fred, within that locker room, that system that he wants to implement, it's not clicking right now. And why, and do, you, think why do you why do you think it's is, not? Why do you think it's not, Nick? Because it's obvious when you watch them the, play that it's not. It, you can just see yeah, everybody I, looks stiff and not really sure what to do. And it just—I mean—you can see why their offense is in the bottom five in the league. They just don't look comfortable. I think part of it is that Fred doesn't have the pieces he needs in order to be successful. And that's a, a bad wake-up call for Fred and for Gar and Pax in the front office because they were all raving about this roster going into the season. I mean, the, the poster boys of the, the Hoiberg era, Tim, were Nico Miritich, Doug McDermott, and uh, I'm, uh, who, who am I? Not, not Tony Snell <laughs> because that was – Oh, well, I mean, Bobby I Portis? Bobby Portis? I, well, it, by, you know what? Portis, Portis is the guy that uh, that they were high on at the draft, and, and they're trying to find ways to get him in there now. But but as I'm thinking through it, Snell in the beginning was a guy that the front office didn't think Tibbs played enough and didn't get enough, uh, didn't breed enough confidence uh, within uh, not just Snell, but uh, several of the younger players. Well, Tim, Tony Snell is, at least to me, I don't know if he's an NBA player. I mean, he's just not good. He hadn't been good all year. McDermott has had some nice games and has improved a little bit. He's but at he's least still... shot the ball well. I mean, I'll give him that. He's shot the ball pretty well. Right, he season. can shoot it. He just, defense, uh, defense is an issue that I don't know if he's going to ever be very solid in, but teams just attack him and I think he's improved a little bit in that area but they're going right after him but and he's at least Miritich. right I was going to say at least McDermott is shooting well Mirit I mean is Miritich really giving them anything right now no right and, I mean he's shooting and terribly Frank and and that's what he's if he's not going to shoot if he's not going to hit shots it's kind of hard to play him especially at the three right. which they tried and, him yesterday I mean that that can't work that and it doesn't work and, and it's comical because the other night in that quadruple overtime game Fred went with Tony Snell who was ended up being one for seven because he trusted Snell more defensively than he did McDermott or Miritich and now here is Miritich at the three so uh, part of the problem is Fred has given Miritich minutes that he hasn't earned I mean Miritich and Timmy you know this last year he was solid offensively 
uh, through through serious stretches, and everybody thought, all right, this guy he can play. And this year he's been he's been bad, and that's the problem. This roster that was supposed to be so good and so well rounded for Hoiberg has proven to have a lot of holes. On top of the fact that Derek isn't Derek anymore, and Joe Keen has who has played better uh, over the last couple of weeks really didn't play well at all the first month and a half of the season, and now he's hurt probably out for about a month with a shoulder injury. So uh, to to get back to the, the Hoiberg part of it, I don't think that not only have these guys not bought in, not only are there issues leadership-wise within the locker room, this team really took a lot of their cues from Tibbs' persona. Uh, there was never that vocal, out-front leader. I mean, I think this has always been Joe Keene's locker room. But you, you don't see it as much on the floor, getting into guys. That's never been Derek's personality. And now here comes Jimmy after signing this deal, and he's lighting up the head coach 25 games into the year. Uh, it all combines into a mix that hasn't been good at all uh, for this Bulls team. No, and, and look, I mean, you mentioned the roster, right? To me, the biggest issue with the Bulls, outside of Derek Rose, which obviously I think is the overriding issue, but look, this is a team that's got one legitimate perimeter score right now and Jimmy Butler and then they've got five big guys that they want to play but that really none of them can play together you've got I mean now Joe Kim is hurt so that that's changed a little bit but you know in theory the only guy that really realistically fit with Joe Kim Pau Gasol and Taj Gibson was Miritich in terms of being able to stretch the floor and kind of give you the balance that all these teams are looking for among their bigs if Miritich isn't hitting any shots that goes away and you know, then you've got Powell and Joakim or Powell and Taj or, or Joakim and Taj. And like, all those combinations are not the the most uh, – they're pretty awkward to try to fit, particularly on offense. And, you know, they're trying to build this team around, you know, this free-throwing offense around these bigs that don't fit together. And you mentioned all the issues at small forward and Mike Dunleavy out. Obviously, him being healthy would help, but he's also – you know, what, 34, 35, and coming off a of back surgery. So, I mean, it's really kind of hard to count on him at all. Um, but you look at those bigs, and now recently, you know, you had Fred Hoiberg saying that he wants to get Bobby Portis minutes. Well, I don't, you know, now they're trying to play Miritich at small forward to get Bobby Portis minutes. I guess with Joakim, Joakim, uh, for the, those who didn't see, uh, hurt his shoulder last night. That's why he's going to be out for a while. So, um, so at least they can play Portis a little bit now, but... I mean, it feels like, at the very least, by the trade deadline, they have to make some kind of move to try to balance out the roster a little bit, right? I'd agree with you. But this is the problem Garant Pags have, Tim. When you look at the roster, what are you getting in return? And this goes back to our our conversation about Derek. You know, if you tried to trade Joaquin right now, and and, and that would that, that took a hit today because of that shoulder injury, what are you getting back? You tried to trade Pat Pau Gasol, and I think that would be the first guy who would go in any scenario. He's, he's 35, he's going to be 36, and he's probably going to opt out at the end of the year. So what are you getting back in return for him? Uh, the way I see it, Taj Gibson has a, a little bit of value because he's got another year left on his deal at about $8 million, uh, which is going to be pretty small given the astronomical numbers we're going to see guys signing for over the summer. Doug McDermott has value because he can shoot, but is he a, a long-term threat and a rotational guy that you're going to trust defensively? Uh, who knows? 
the the out of the box move that this team, at least to me, has to consider is do you trade Butler? And in wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You you think you think that they should consider trading Jimmy Butler? Really? Yeah, I think it's a possibility that they have to consider. All right, so wait a second. Oh, hold up, hold up a second, hold up a second. So uh, I'll let you explain in a minute, but. If you're if you're advocating that that's a that's something you have to consider, then basically you're cons- you're saying that the Bulls have to consider lighting this roster on fire and it make and blowing it up like that because that if you're trade Jimmy Butler three months into a max contract, you're blowing it up. Yeah. So you yeah. think you think I, it's you think it you so you think it's that bad that rather than. You know, you get through this year, and maybe you trade Derek in the summer, and you have money, and you go into next year, and you try to build around Jimmy moving forward. You you think it might the best course of action might be to just say we need to just nuke it and start over. I think, yeah, I, Jimmy, I think that's something they have to they have to consider. I'm not saying it's the right move, but my point all along is this: if you're Garn Packs and you see what's happened over the first two months of the season, and you see that. Uh, Jimmy has struggled in this role as being the, the focal point of everything they're doing, and he's not getting along well with uh, a lot of his teammates, and, and he's alienating uh, them a little bit. And, and Jimmy's pissed because nobody works harder than he does. Uh, I'm not saying you have, to, you have to move him because he's this team's best player. I'm saying if you're them, you have to make those phone calls and see what's out there. What's an acceptable? What's an acceptable? Unfreatable. What's an acceptable return for you? What are you trying to get? And, and, that, and that's and that's and that's the key. No, I'm asking and you. The, I'm asking you. What for no, no, you? No, what's know. an acceptable I, I, return? I, I think if you're saying, all right, we're gonna put, we're gonna put Jimmy, uh, not on the market, but we're gonna we're gonna see what's out there. You got to get a ton of picks, and you've got to get some young players that you you think can work well in Fred's system. Now, off the top of my head, do I have those guys in mind? No. Uh, and I, I, I'm the first one to tell you that. But what I'm saying is, if you're building around Jimmy as your number one guy, I don't think that team will ever be good enough to win a title. And that's part of the issue, is that, okay, the Bulls want to build around Jimmy, and the hope is, that in time, maybe in free agency, they could add another piece. But I don't think that Jimmy at this point, with where he's at in his career, with the fact that he signed that new deal, is ever going to want to play second fiddle to anyone anymore, especially if and when Derrick Rose leaves. Because Jimmy has always kind of deferred to Derrick in spots because he came up seeing Derrick with where he was and with where he had been. So... It's just a strange dynamic. Fred and Jimmy aren't getting along real well right now. And that's not to say that they can't get along better over time. But I will tell you this, and I think you've seen it when, you, when you've when seen this team over the last couple of years. You talk to anybody within that Bulls organization, and they'll tell you that Jimmy has changed. His personality has changed. Uh, and it's not to say he's wrong in that, but this was the kid that, that loved saying he was from Tomball, Texas, and that he was just a role player on a really good team. And now he wants all the trappings that come with being a star in the league. And and that's all well and good. But again, this ties back into the leadership problem this team has. You can say all that, but you can't just say, all right, I'm the leader. You have to, you have to earn that respect over time. Maybe Jimmy will, 
Now you My don't now is, now you don't think he has though with the way he's played and the contract he's been given. You don't think you don't think that that position is his to take in the locker room now. I, I think he can, but I think it's it's he's trying too hard right now. That's that's what I believe, I, I, and that's been backed up by a lot of people saying, you know, Jimmy just has to he just has to get back to what got him here, and it's not that he's not working hard again. Nobody works harder in that room day to day to prepare himself than Jimmy. But I, I thought something he said in Monday morning shoot around Tim. It was really interesting. He said, "I've never done this before. I've never been." the leader. I've never been asked to do that because it's never fit within his game. Nobody thought Jimmy would, would ever get to this point. He acknowledges that now he's trying to learn this on the fly. And I think he's really rubbed some people the wrong way with how he's going about things. So it's something to watch for. And it's something that uh, I know is on the minds of, of the front office in that, can we trust this guy to go out and to, to be who we need him to be every night, and can he lead us the, the way that a championship caliber team needs to be led. And, and early on, the returns have been no, especially after he called out Fred the way he did the other night at the Garden. Well, to me, to me, that's, I mean, I understand, listen, I understand what you're saying, but to me, that's kind of the, that's a very backwards way of looking at that to me. I mean, if if I'm the Bulls, and and you're way way more plugged in on this than me, because I mean you're you're excellent on the team, so I'm not I'm not criticizing what you're saying. But to me, if you have a guy who signs a max contract, to me this is what I would want him to do. I mean, do I want him calling out the coach? No, I don't want him doing that. Obviously, that wasn't great. But if if I have a guy who I give this max contract and I say to him essentially. Jimmy Butler, you're now the face of the Chicago Bulls. You know, don't worry about Derek. Don't worry about Joakim. This is your team. I don't know. I don't know what else I would rather have him do than to try to kind of stamp his authority on the team. It seems like it seems like that's a, not a bad thing to me. Um, and again, and again, I understand. Like you know, maybe he's been a little rough around the edges in how he's done it because he isn't used to it yet. But I, I, to me, I'd rather have the guy trying to do that than, like, say, Darren Williams with the Nets, who never really accepted that role and and was more than happy to let everybody else play it instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and Timmy, your, your, your point is valid. Absolutely. Part of the issue here, though, is this. Derek was always the star of this group, always. And he's still here. <laughs> like... Even in in a, the diminished quality, Derrick Rose is still is still in the mix here, and Joe Keane, who is always the emotional heart and soul of this group, he's still here. Part of this is that Jimmy was never supposed to be this guy. He was supposed to be a defensive stopper, role player who who maybe he would become a starter. Uh, over time in his career. Right, you never so expect the 30th it, pick in the draft to become a max player. Right. Never. Right, exactly. And, and so part of this is, and, and, and Vinny Goodwill and I were talking about this the other night, it's like like you you go to, you have your, your buddies in high school, Vinny and I were going back and forth on this, and, and you have your buddies in high school, and then everybody goes off to college, and they make something of themselves, and they all come back. But when you come back to that group, 
everybody still views you and looks at you the same way as they did when you were in high school. <laughs> and they treat you the same way. And now Jimmy has gone from this hardworking kid who is just going to do everything he can for the team to the superstar that wants to be treated as such. And does that make him wrong? No. Well, to but me, it is a role change that everybody's struggling to get used to. Right. And to me, the issue there, that's why I think they need to move on from Derek and Joakim. I mean, to me, I, I don't think I can't I can't wrap my I mean, I understand what you're saying about trading Jimmy. And look, they they do have an older roster. Maybe it does make sense to just blow it up and you could get a ton for Jimmy right now. I mean, you you could you could go to a lot of teams around the league. I mean, you think the Lakers wouldn't give up a ton for Jimmy Butler or the Celtics or the especially Sixers? If, especially if Tibbs appears on the scene. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, appears. sure. I mean, you could go around the league and a ton of teams would trade a ton of stuff for Jimmy Butler. No question about it. But to me, Here's a guy who has a good attitude, who works hard, who's a great player, who you drafted, who wants to be the man. To me, I think what they have to do is allow him to be the man by ceding the floor to him and moving on from Joakim and Derek. Because I, to me, I mean, yes, you could maybe just move on from everybody, but... I mean, look, I just wrote about this when I was with you. I mean, when was that? I guess it was two weeks ago in Boston. In Boston, and it, yeah. And we, I remember we talked about it. It's really strange being around this Bulls team now and having Derrick Rose be this kind of ceremonial ornament that's just there and isn't really important. And Joakim is there and not that important. And Jimmy Butler is the son for that whole organization. It is really strange. It was jarring to be around as someone who hadn't been around it on a daily basis. But to me, well, it just seems like that's the, the way to do it is to allow him to be the guy as opposed to saying, well, this is a weird relationship with Derek and Joakim and him for obvious reasons, so we should just blow it up instead, at least to me. Well, but here's, here's the, the counterpoint to, to what you're saying. If you're the Bulls and you're committing to Jimmy as the guy, do you believe that a Jimmy Butler-led team can win a title? Well, I think it depends on what you have with them. But, I mean, if you're telling me... No, can... but if, if he's your best player, do you think that, that Jimmy as the best player on any team is is the leader and, and does that make them good enough to win a title? I mean, probably not, but... I, I also think it does depend on what else you have on the team. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I mean, Jimmy no Butler's question. one of the no best. Question. I mean, Jimmy Butler's arguably the best shooting guard in the league. So, I mean, he's one of the top, what, 15 players in the league? So, I mean. Yeah, I, I, probably, I'd say top 15, 20, something. Sure, there he's now. in that range. Sure. So, I mean, to me, you don't, it's hard to find one of those guys. So, it's way harder to find one of those guys than it, than it is to, um, than it is to trade one away. So, I mean, if if you're going to move on, like that's why I asked you the question before. If you're if you're saying we have to consider moving on from Jimmy Butler, then to me, you're considering going into a full scale rebuild with the Chicago Bulls. When you have, and it's not like Jimmy Butler's 32 either. What is he? 26, 27, 26. Yeah. Right. So you have him locked up for his prime the next four years with the cap exploding. You'll have a ton of money. You know, you have Joe Keem coming off the books. You have Powell coming off the books. I don't know exactly what the number is. The Bulls should have a lot of cap room this year. 
and they'll have Derek's expiring, which I think teams like the Nets and who knows, maybe the Lakers, depending on who, well, the Lakers have a point guard, but they're going to be teams that will be willing to take Derek Rose as a flyer for a year. I'd, I'd be stunned if there aren't. So it's not like the Bulls can't even create more room. So it, to me, if you're say, if, if that's really something you think has to be considered, then like then you legitimately think that it might be smart for them to just totally rebuild and blow it up. And I but and I but I can't see. I would think if they traded Jimmy, that people in Chicago would lose their minds. I mean that that there's no way that would go over well, would it? It's 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 why garden packs make a lot more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> I. I tell you this, and and I gotta run. Uh, yeah, we'll get you out but, of here in a minute. But but this is this is what I would finish up on here, Timmy. When you're looking at the makeup of this roster, and this ties into, do you believe that Jimmy can be a guy that other players will want to play with, and and will enjoy, and will want to come to Chicago? to be here with him. And that's what I'm saying. I, I like Jimmy a lot. He's earned everything he's gotten in this league. But, but Jimmy's changed a little bit. And either Jimmy comes around and and says, you know what, he looks in the mirror and says, I, I'm not this guy I've, I, I've, I've played out to be sometimes in the media. I'm going to get back to my roots. I, I'm going to be more inclusive of everybody and, and try to be a better leader. Or he stays on this path. and. I'm just not sure which direction he's going to go right now. All right, so let me ask you point blank. They don't have to make a decision right now, but it's something they've got to at least think about. I know you have to go in a minute, but but i got to pin you down on this. So, all right, you are as plugged in on the Bulls as anybody. So, obviously, that's a really interesting take. So, let me pin you down on this. If you don't see changes from Jimmy Butler in the way he comports himself in terms of trying to lead the team and how he fits in the locker room, etc., do you think the Bulls need to trade him if he does not change? It sounds like the answer is yes. If if he does if he's the same guy right now uh, that he is right now a year from now, Timmy, or or six months from now, then yeah. Because I I don't think that Jimmy is ever going to be that guy who goes out and scores twenty five or thirty. And if guys are upset with some of the things that he's doing, then I don't think his value is ever going to be higher than it is right now. And so, so and again, so then and so then so then if he doesn't change, then you think that that the right course of action is to blow it up. Yeah, that that's what I'm telling you. And and that's somebody who has has lived and watched all these different issues his team has had over the last six years here. Uh, if things don't change, and, and I don't know what the time frame is, you know, six months a year, but if they don't get better. Uh, all the way around, and Jimmy and Fred don't come together, then yeah, it's time to press the button and and change it up. Well, that's a that's a perfect place to end it. Um, you can uh, you can subscribe to the Posting Up podcast on iTunes. Search Posting Up, and uh, you can find it there. Um, Nick, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? And what do you have to plug? You you've done plenty of great work lately, so please plug some stuff. Yeah, the the, the thing I worked on <laughs> was. Actually, from about a week ago, Timmy, but I, I enjoyed putting it together. It's just that the Bulls haven't found an identity under under Hoiberg. It was I an know. amazing piece. Please go please go search it and read it. It's long, but it's great. It really dives into all this and stuff. Nick did an awesome job on it. There weren't uh, there weren't a lot of people that were within the organization that were happy about it, but then 
given what has now transpired, uh, I think uh, the work stands on its own. It's it's always a good sign when people aren't mad at you because it, or are mad at you because it usually means that you're telling the <laughs> truth. So that's never a bad thing. Uh, and it is a great. It is a real. I'm not saying it because it's my friend. It it really was a great story. Um, it really reveals a lot about the state of the organization right now and why things are such a mess. So please go search it. Um, and where can people find you on Twitter, Nick? Uh, at Nick Friedel. All right. And you can find me at Tim Bontemps. You can uh, find my work at the Washington Post. Um, I wrote recently about the Bulls, like I mentioned earlier, about the whole Jimmy Butler, Derek Rose dynamic. Um, it is a really interesting situation. Um, Nick, I know you got to run. Thank you so much for the time on short notice. Enjoy the holidays, my friend, and I'll hopefully see you soon. All right, you got it, buddy. Thanks for having me on.